so I'm watching Leo Obama, you know, get her pot smoking on, you know, do her thing, twerking, smoking, sniffing, huffing. Was this at Coachella or wherever? This is at Lollapalooza. Uh, of course. A teenage nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking, I'm watching everyone freak out. I'm Leo Obama. Right. Doing all these drugs. And mm -hmm. I said, you know what? How come nobody was upset when the Bush boys got their DUIs? Exactly. Exactly. Back in high school, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't want any any of my sons drunken and driving right. in high school. Right. And here's the thing: is that you got to ask yourself, why is this just becoming a problem now? When Chelsea Clinton was taking fat bong rips out of her dad's old fat, bong, she was at she was at Lala. <laughs> Every other president's daughter has been to Lala, and they've been getting ripped, and now all of a sudden we have an Afro-American president, and that's a huge deal. We have to jump out at every every little thing they do, and we say, oh, here's how, this is how you're raising your kids wrong. It's, and no one wants to let her smoke weed. You're in the, you're in the White House. They're, they're doing Who hasn't right. smoked weed in the White House? Oh, my God. I think every president since Reagan has been token up in at least one room of the White House. Maybe the Oval Office starts making some weirder shapes than you're used to. Maybe yeah. it's a little less oval. Like, I'm sorry, sir, but you are sorely mistaken if you don't think Obama is is smoking a little bit of the of the of the God's garden He's of the God's green grasses. After a long day of He's drone striking some Saudi Arabians. Okay, here's the deal. You wake up and you work at a, a fucking Smoothie King or something. Maybe you don't need any pot because you're you're jacked up on on some smoothies, with maybe some whey protein, some gladiators oh. for eight dollars. But oh. this guy, he has the job that nobody wants. He has to send the drones. Somebody has to do it. So he's wakes up all day. He's thinking, who who am I going to tactically destroy? How many civilians am I going out of my way to kill today? When you get home. You're gonna have to smoke a bowl after that. You have to wind down. You really don't have an option. You think you don't think you see the faces right. of all those people that you just right. drone strike like you're playing Call of Duty Four with is, your buddies? This is I don't want to call it a crutch, but this is a necessary component of the job. Is you have to blaze up. You have to say 520, bro, after drones. Yeah. And I think whether you got Trump or Hillary in there, somebody's gonna be token up uh, right after him. And I don't know why this is a problem. That's uh, that's just for Barry. It needs to be added to the Constitution. That's all we should really say. Let's add it. Let's the president add it. must smoke pot at the end of every day. And maybe we add an amendment that says the president's daughter can get fucking turned at Lala once or twice. There's, there's probably a stipulation. There's a max outlet. Yeah, she can let her hair down. She can yeah. whip my hair back and forth. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we call it the Malia Amendment. <laughs> and let's just let her do her. <laughs> Anyways, right. Welcome to Gumbo. So back, back at Gumbo. Round three. You know how it goes. We're back in action. You know the story by this point. We're illing it, killing it, chilling it. Um, out here in the new L.A. 
yeah, living room is, studio. This is new terrain since last time. I'm sure. I'm sure you could tell from listening by now. You say this sound. The acoustics sound different here. Maybe that we're close. They sound beachier. Yeah, there's a close uh, coastal vibe around. Yeah, the uh, you can tell that uh, love is in the air. That's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. And we're we're low key. You can tell we're just fucking laid back chillers now. You can hear the low keyness emanating from our voices. We were, we were like uptight corporate uh, fucking mid Midwest bastards for the first two, but this, I, I'm sure it instantly picked up. They say, whoa, these guys are on island time. These guys are... These guys okay. are... These these guys are sipping from the coconut, thinking about the, yes. the coconut milk. You can, you, I'm sure you can hear the coconuts we were sipping out of as soon as we started. Yeah. What? I was actually just up coconut farming in Malibu mm-hmm. the other day. It's a two-man job. You gotta have a shimmier, and I gotta catch those coconuts. Yeah, and not everyone wants to be the shimmier. That's you know, true. you gotta take turns. Not everyone has that has that fireman strength mm-hmm. to just hoist their way up a up a palm tree, which is also very scrapey. It'll start rubbing you the wrong scrapey. way. Your your legs will your legs good shape. That's why you gotta switch positions. But seriously, if you're trying to do this by yourself, if you're trying to be a coconut grabber, you gotta know. That uh, you get a third of the way halfway up a palm tree, and 20 people, anyone who can see you knows what you're about to do. They're waiting at the bottom for those coconuts. You need a spotter because someone's just going to say, "Hey, thanks for the free coconut." You do all the work. You maybe uh, maybe get a, some groin chafing that that takes weeks uh, to remedy, Months. and then you got no coconuts. Months. Even. Amen. Amen. You know, I I never it's even really thought of it like this, but. How bad would you feel if you spent all that effort climbing up a coconut tree just to drop your coconuts right. down and have no one waiting for you at the bottom? You're just doing all the hard work to steal the coconuts right. and everyone's stealing the coconuts you before you can bottom, climb back down. There's no more coconuts. It's like you just wasted You're just doing the fireman climb for no reason. This isn't gym class. It's not necessary anymore. Damn coconut thieves. Coconut thieves are a real problem here in, on the island, which <laughs> is where we are. Yeah, island time. Speaking of island time, it's... It's similar to mountain time, mm-hmm. but it's, I would say, it's saltier. Yes. And it also runs a little late mm. the majority of the time. Later than mountain time a little bit, and definitely saltier than mountain time. I, you can taste the precipitation when you say, oh, I'll be there an hour. You kind of get salt residue up in your mouth. Yeah, it's weird because I'm normally, I'm very used to tasting the precipitation of any room that I go into, mm-hmm. but... Lately, it's different. It's noticeable. It's yeah, noticeable. on island time, I, I have to keep a glass of water with me because I, I stick my tongue out. You know, similar to a snake, you know, just testing the air around mm-hmm. it. I would like. You kind of gotta know. <laughs> you kind of gotta stick it out there every once in a while. Make sure you're still on island time. It's like yeah, it's like that. But you know, that, you, that's salt. Have you noticed that you can just kind of be late to shit around here and people don't? People say relax. They say this is in the mountains. They we say, don't have to. Oh, you ordered a Starbucks coffee. Right. It, it took 20 minutes because we're on island time. If that takes close to a half hour. People say, hey man, it's okay. Who's counting? Who's paying attention? That's very nice. Very relaxed. They go, oh, you called the police. Oh, we'll get there. When we get there. <laughs> we'll make it there. You know. 
mind that much trouble. I'm going to tell the guy in the next shift your problem, and then I'm going <laughs> to do my shit for four hours, clock in, tap out. He comes in, and that's his to deal with. So we say, look, Jerry, we're going to need you to deal with this kidnapping that happened six hours right. ago. I didn't really feel like it. You got a burning house from two days ago, and there I guarantee there will be someone. These guys aren't lazy. They aren't slacking off. But in two days, they will show up to the cinder block remains that were your house, and they will be there doing their job. And you know, sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles, goddammit, because Absolutely. you don't get the island vibes without the island right, time. Right, exactly. The, that's the thing that pisses me off is people expect to bring the mountain to the islands when, uh, if you want, if you wanted things so quick, you look up and you realize you're in New York, New York, and you're just a suit again. So everything you tried to escape to relax and lay back, once you bring that time with you... It all comes back to these goddamn suits. It's all over. And the suits are really running the world. If you think anything else, I just... I hate to be the Alex Jones wake-up call for you, but... You know, if there's two things I hate, it's... The fucking 1% mm-hmm. and the 2% milk. Right. 1% two, 1% milk is fine. 1% milk is okay. The, the 1%, the 1% different story. The, the 2%, right. I'll let it slide. You got a little bit less money. Mm-hmm. 2% milk? Look, I'm either need to go vitamin D milk, you know, get the whole, the richness. It's, it's half-assing it. It's saying, I don't know if I want skim or whole milk. You know, <laughs> just give me 2%. And you got to pick a fucking side when it comes to this milk. Make up your damn mind, Absolutely. okay? Occupy Wall Street didn't happen for no reason. And I really like the idea that uh, the top 2%, they're on our side, you know? Those guys are trying to get up there, too. Just just because they're maybe... They're just like us. There's seven... Hundred thousand percent closer tax bracket wise and and income wise to that one percent. That they want to be there just as bad as we do. And so, I think any shitting on the two percent, we should cut the two percent some slack. All right, absolutely. All right, they want to be the one percent too, just like everyone. They're just as exactly. mad. They're just exactly. as mad. They they don't like bailouts. You know, mm-hmm. man. That's the truth. People are just too harsh not nowadays. I think the one percent is our problem. We are the ninety nine percent, and that means the bottom ten percent, and that means the top. 10% except for the 1% because fuck those guys. Exactly. But 2 to 11%, they're on our side. Do you think we should begin shaving off the top 1% of everything? Maybe just... just I, that's true. Across I, the board? I tend to notice that I hate the top 1% of absolutely everything. Yeah, like gold medal winners? Yeah. Gone. Fuck gold. All silver. Silver wins now. Uh, smartest kid in the classroom? Mm-hmm. Normally an Done. asshole? Done. Normally an guy. asshole. The best, like, 1% of, of musics and albums and books of all time? We don't need that shit. Too mainstream. Absolutely. Too Everyone's mainstream. heard of the top 1%. Yeah. What's the point of this It's anyway? not contributing anymore. It said, congratulations, you got to the top 1% of what we thought was acceptable, and now that, at that point, fuck you, you're not doing anything. It's, it's lonely at the top is a common phrase, so I say let's put the lonely out of their misery, just cut them out. End them. Yeah. It's... There's something to be said about loneliness, and I think it's that it's deserved, but not if you're at the top, Mm -hmm. because then you're just kind of being a big crybaby about everything. Right. And I really think you should sort of just look at your situation and get yourself in check and... Think about that phrase, it's lonely at the top, like, that's your, that's, if loneliness is your biggest concern, you're sitting at the top looking down at everyone... 
then fuck off. I don't feel sorry for the lonely 1%. You should go be lonely. Be lonely. Or share some of your money. I want to go to Outback Steakhouse. Exactly. Bring it around. Spread the wealth. I want some baby back, baby back, baby back ribs. I want some baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> she, I wonder if, I wonder if, um... Oh, I was going to say bringing sexy back got mad at the baby back, but those mm-hmm. don't really have anything to do with each other. I wonder if... Justin Timberlake could have ripped that, though. There's ever been a Maury show or uh Oh, yeah, we can go with Maury about Springer. someone saying, give me my baby I back. I want my baby back. This and man then, has taken my baby. And we say, let's bring him out. And, and they then, bring out the CEO of Outback Steakhouse to go... To make the final decision just because of how good that slogan is. You have, you have like, a final offer. Like, Jerry or, or Mari will look up to you and you say, do you really, seriously, knowing all the the responsibilities, do you really want your baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back? And then they can say yes or no. And <laughs> half the time they just bring out a plate of spare ribs from Outback Steakhouse because they don't actually have the child. I mean, well, let's be in all honesty, if the judge slams a gavel in your face mm-hmm. and goes, listen to me. Right. I'm a judge. <laughs> I'm a judge. And he goes, you can either have your baby back right. or a slab of baby back right. ribs on me. And he's looking, he's looking you down from the podium and he's got that extra height on you. You're just standing there. You don't really know what to do. You're intimidated. Half the time you say, just give me the ribs. I don't want any trouble. You go, whoa, whoa, give me the ribs. <laughs> give me the ribs. <laughs> and that's part of the corruption of our of our justice system, which is a good point that we've been trying to bring up. Um, it's just, it's all wrecked. When you when you have that judge with the with the big curly wig on and the gavel, you like And the you white hair. You don't see those people in your day to day when they're in charge all of a sudden and they're making decisions for your life, you don't know what to do with that. We need more casual laid-back, mellow judges. We get rid of yeah. the robes and the wig and when the he's gavel. slamming down saying, Hear ye, hear exactly. ye. No, Writing in his quill ink tip pen. old English. Uh, I don't need that I don't know garbage. that guy. When he goes to Benny Hanna with the, with the wife and kids, he's not, he's not bringing the gavel with him. It's, it's putting on airs, and it's not fair. I, I have a few remedies for this crude uh, joke that we call... You know, the justice system. And I saw make Malia Obama a judge. Right. <laughs> Perfect. See? Problem finished. If you twerk her, have a problem. And she don't even need to be there. You just tweet at her. Really, she is the, the highest order. Like, the highest law in the land absolutely falls to Malia. You can say what you will about, oh, Obama calls the real shots in that house, but you take one look at them together, and you, you I mean, know. we were all 18 once. You kind of know how you have a leg up over your, your parents. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. When you're Especially 18, when your dad has that drone dirt on him. When you say any time, oh, it says, oh, uh, Malia, uh, it's time for bed. You say, fuck you, dad. Go kill some terrorists again. And there's nothing he can say you to say, that. You say, fuck you, dad. I watched you blow up a wedding last night. You You've killed more Middle Eastern civilians than any other president so far in U.S. history, and and you can have any bedtime at that point. You get to hang out, smoke a yeah. bowl with your friends. You, go, you think I'm going to bed, Dad? Yeah, Dad, I'm sleeping <laughs> in the Oval Office. Walk off. <laughs> Dad, I'm getting high. I'm starting to blow exactly. with my friends, Dad. Exactly. My friends and I are going to do some lines, and, uh, and, and you can deal with it because you're a murderer. Speaking of making a murderer... Do we have the actual making a murderer man here? 
Nope. I think I he just bad. Left, he just left to do some murders. I feel bad. It was the real Stephen Avery. I feel bad that that guy looks so much like a murderer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's really unfortunate because all the facts, I would say, okay, I mean, it's a little bit of a toss-up, a little bit of a come-see-come-saw, a little hearsay, mm-hmm. there, say, right. what you say... But it really is unfortunate that he has to look like such a murderer. And you know what really doesn't help is that we talk about how this making a murder is bringing to light, you know, the corruption of, of uh, municipality uh, judges. And, and the whole system is, is kind of reveals itself to be rigged. But what people aren't talking about is how difficult this show is making it for Stephen Avery lookalikes. Just your regular pseudo-murderer-looking... Oh, God, don't get me you know, started. ...heavy-set southern white dudes who all of a sudden people are saying, oh, I saw a couple episodes of you. Do, do, it looks like you made it out all right. And you just say, I'm, I'm just trying to eat at this Arby's, you know? I didn't kill anyone. I'm just a, yeah. a heavy-set dude who looks like a murderer. Do you know how hard this show has made it on all of my friends who work at Subway, mm-hmm. all of my friends who are pizza guys... Exactly. All of my friends who work in IT... Right. They all Oh my just goodness, have the this. IT departments. You can only imagine how many of them. It's like just... a Stephen Avery war zone out there, man. It's, they all look like Stephen Avery. It's a Stephen Avery lookalike contest every day you walk into the IT department. And and I'm sure you know. We're gonna take a an outdoor pig round. This is the lightning pig round. This is called the lightning. The lightning pig journey. <laughs> Speaking of lightning though. Haven't seen rain in forever on, on the island time. Out here in island time, it's really difficult to find rain. <laughs> I, uh, I've really been been struggling with the lack of moisture. I got I got calluses. I'm, dry. I'm bone dry. I got I got calluses. I got dry elbow syndrome. Mm-hmm. I got dry kneecap syndrome. I'm really ashy. We can just call it as it is. I've I've never been more it, ashy. I've never had Pokemon Go just. Just Ashy catching my whole body like this before. Ash, Ash really did catch him. He, he, he said, "I'm gonna catch this guy. I'm gonna make him Ashy." And I said, "You know what? How is this? How is this really fair, world?" And the 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 sickest irony of it all is that you're you're just surrounded by water. There's a huge ocean, you know. Uh, just uh, in right our, next in door. In our backyard. Right next door, and and you're sitting here like an ash man, and the the water's just laughing at you. The really strange thing about having the, the water in your backyard is... Mowing. Mowing? It's just impossible. It's so difficult. I have, I have bought, I want to say 13 lawnmowers. I bought uh, 13 riding John Deere's. I was on, with you. On Payway. Yeah, you were there. We walk into the Home Depot and we say, I need something that'll mow, you know... Water. I mean, the beach is in my backyard. You know, I got to mow yeah. this sand and water. It's just regular backyard. And you know, Lowe's man. He doesn't. He doesn't care really what he sells you. He's Midwest all about commissions. Values. We have we have hard earned, uh, ingrained Midwest values to say you keep your lawn nice and tidy, uh, tidier than the guys next to you, so that he can kind of feel bad and you never really talk to each other except at barbecues and you kind of eye each other's yards. That's the communication. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we, I'm I'm there with the thirteenth John Deere saying, all right, these last twelve. I, uh, you know, ride myself straight three or four feet into the ocean. That just cuts out. What? How do I stop this? And he says, 
you know, I've been telling you the last 12 times this doesn't work in, in water. We don't have that technology. But you go, listen, sir, what are the odds we get 12 defective John Deere's exactly. in a row? I want my money I back. I say this is pretty absurd. And so 13th time, sure as the last 12, you just, you know, you drive out, you start up a little bit, and then and then you, you start drive. mowing. You, you put the blades real low. You turn it all the way right. on. You feather it. You go from you go from turtle to bunny rabbit. Right. Because that, that's right. how John Deere me- measures speed. you got to speed up. you got to get the bunny speed or you're really doing yourself a disservice. You're going to be out there for hours. It's, and you get knee deep in the water, and then it's dead again. What, like, what are we supposed to do? It's a really good question. You know, I've, I'm starting to, to question the hardware store's faith in us. As people, I'm starting to question the hardware store's integrity. I'm starting to question my own exactly. backyard. And it's not just lawnmowers, you know. I'm I'm trying to hedge the beach. I'm trying to I'm trying to trim it. I'm trying to you fertilize. Know, throw some Miracle Grow in there, and nothing, nothing is working. Half the Home Depot departments I've used have been useless on the Pacific Ocean. We've really been struggling here. On the bright side, we do have we do have eleven John Deere's in our backyard as stepping stones that we now use. Yeah, it created a really nice path. You kind of just hike yourself up on the first one, and then you can kind of leap from uh, John Deere to John Deere. And you know, it really is a good color scheme that green and that green and yellow that John Deere colors. You know, I'm it's really beautiful. I'm not questioning the aesthetics. I've I've been with them for for from day one. I think I bought I bought stock in John Deere when I was nine because I was just so taken aback by the colors, by just the whole business and general it's you, ingenious I, really i've really liked that uh that idea about you know you you haven't we both have extensive portfolios of course and and i've always really um taken a liking to your your idea your notion of saying i'm going to invest based on the colors i think john absolutely deere, john deere has a great brand great uh, logo going and people recognize that green and yellow i'm putting my money in there you know let's let's give them some more examples of businesses that What's, we invested in purely right, based, based on the color, color scheme uh, nbc you know that little peacock that's that's glorious that's i, I think that's viacom owned i'm not sure for Each, me it was t-mobile it was that that shade of pink right. you don't find that shade of pink they, anywhere they licensed that and they patented they say, How do you make you that, shade, that shade, of shade of pink? Oh, if you if Pepto Bismol comes along and says we could do uh-huh. T-Mobile too, no, sued, gone. Sorry, T-Mobile. We got the pink on lock, masculine and feminine. T-Mobile says we're making this wide, a it's whole glorious. game. That that's how you make your color game on point. And you know, I uh, one of the most foolish business decisions I ever made, and I bought. Uh, four properties in 2007, so I'm, I'm not saying this lightly. I thought, you know, singular wireless, this little orange dude, not even, not just the color alone, which was glorious, but this little man, like, I, 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 I love him, I love his whole shtick, I'm investing in this, and then, I, I swear, 10, 10 or so days later, bought out by AT&T. Wow. And it was just, it really rocked me financially. Yeah, you know, I really struggle with, with AT&T because... That little that little ball, that little globe with the, the dashes thing? in it, it's just it's what just color not creative. Is that I had to immediately sell anything that was not liquidated because that's just garbage. I don't like that. Everything's yeah. a globe. We're on a globe. That's the least creative thing you could think of. It's really you upsetting. Just look down at your feet and say, "Oh, maybe it's a blue globe thing." Oh, maybe we're AT and T. Maybe we uh, can sell you a lot of minutes and then actually make you pay for way more minutes. Oh, no rollover. That's when not do us. we start measuring thing in minutes? 
it's pretty pointless to me that we even came up with, with minutes. The, the only thing I feel like minutes should really be used for is Minute Maid, yes. just because that's just simply the best lemonade brand. And I shouldn't have even said simply because that's going to get confused with simply lemonade. Right, of course. Which, and you know they were thinking that. That's just that's like a piggyback company. That those says, bastards. Oh, simply Minute Maid. Exactly. And I don't fuck with simply lemonade or simply orange. Right. Purely, well, purely out of principle, but also just due to the fact that it's just it's too strong it's too sweet absolutely it's, it's like they're much. blasting me with a lemon cannon and they know what they're doing they have the lemon cannons they're trying this out and they say oh let's just fuck with them you know they go oh how about we make this man drop his it's glass the suits again it's the suits and they're sitting they're laughing their way to the bank while we're spitting out you know simply lemonade and tossing glasses just out of fright and they're laughing their way to the bank yeah you know I had I had a homeless man watching me pour my full half gallon of simply right. lemonade into the garbage and We've say, all can, I please, can I please have some We've of that? We've all been there. And you say, I, you don't want this hell. I spent $4 on this. There's no way you want this. Exactly. $4 lemonade, if $4. Anyone, if anyone understands the severity of what I'm doing by just pouring gallons of this simply lemonade into the dumpster, it's it's me, the guy who paid for it, not this this thirsty homeless man. Like I, I, I Believe me, I would give it to you if I didn't think you were going to pucker up like, like a fucking prune. And he started to get so irritated, and I said, Look, you don't even know how much I'm looking out for you right exactly. now. Exactly. I'm helping you is the thing that that he just refused to realize. You know, people's concept of waste just really doesn't make sense to me. You know? They always say one man's trash is another man's treasure. Right. But, you know, I really feel like trash should just be left in the trash. Trash is trash. Have, we, have you ever found anything good in the trash? It's, it's garbage. The last time I found something good in the trash was when I accidentally fell into a dumpster right. while I was looking for something good in the trash. Right, exactly. And some and sometimes you can have, you know, a treasure chest that you're opening up looking for some doubloons and you realize that it is just a large, you know, industrial garbage bin. And that's not really on you. That's not your fault. Yeah, like, you know, it, it's so easy to confuse a treasure chest with the way they decorate dumpsters nowadays. You know, it's really kind of mind-blowing. I think they're doing it on purpose. I think it's just another way to hide that treasure and you know, keep you from they got those big lids on, on, on there. Those oh, the big lids, man. It's just... Have, have you ever noticed the way that the dump trucks pick up the big dumpsters and then and then put them on their back? Right. Like like they're just putting the whole team on their yeah, back? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like a, a, a physical... Uh, representation of the uh, the trash men saying, "Here, we'll you know we'll carry this load. We'll put this over us." And, you know that's why I've always just admired trash men. And that's why I and dumpster one. boys. That's why I became a trash man is because of that very reason. You know, exactly. Just the, the be the, having the ability to say, you know what? Look at all of your trash. Say this is now my trash. Right. That the ownership, the the rush that I get in the. In, in, in my balls, deep in my balls. This trash is mine now, because we really are just thieves. We're th we go to every block and people leave out things that used to be their valuables or used to be their food, and then we just say, this is fucking mine now. And it's, uh, there's just the rush of being a trash man. It's really exhilarating, and it's just, and like, don't get confused. There's no treasure involved. Right. This is purely trash no, collecting. of course, yeah. I've never seen any treasure. It's all been, you know, garbage. And you know, I always wonder, where they take all that trash. Right. And then I became a trash man 
and I realized that it all just goes to Trash Island. Exactly, and you know, it's just another parallel between you're you're looking for Trash Island, and someday we I I like to hope you know we stumble upon Treasure Island. There's a different island time on every island, That's also, true. but there really is. You really. You you focus on trying to find Trash Island mm-hmm. in hopes that you accidentally find Treasure Island. Right, exactly. Because you know you can be a trash man for 22 years before you see it, and some some lucky rookies finding Treasure Island on his first day on the job, and that's just you know. You know it's why it's why old children's stories like Peter Pan and just shit like that just really just irritates the hell out of me because Absolutely. they make it look like finding Treasure Island is just so easy. Yeah, let's find this in 93 minutes. You know, like you you sit down and you say, wow, well, this is already going to be a bunch of bullshit because uh-huh. this should be a 20 year long movie to be realistic. Uh-huh. You know, that's why movies in general to me are just a waste of my fucking time. Absolutely. Because to think that you can say anything meaningful in an hour and a half is just is just absurd to me. If movies are a representation of ourselves, of the human experience. They, you can't learn anything in an hour and a half. You you have to, you can't condense this knowledge. It doesn't ring true. It has to be the lifetime of a person to truly understand what's happening. Yeah, and so that's why the only movie that I've ever liked was Boyhood. Because Boyhood. no other movie has actually taken course over the course exactly. of someone's entire life. Exactly. I would almost argue Boyhood maybe was too long. Because there were some things where I was saying, all right, get me out of here. I learned, I capped out. I learned all I need to know about the universe. And they're saying, no, Patricia Arquette's still got to be sad at the end. Yeah, if, I, if there was, okay, if there were two critiques I would give of Boyhood, I would say, please, please make this movie shorter. Right. And also, your movie wasn't long enough. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and I know they were talking about that in the pitch meeting, and, and I guess they just couldn't decide which direction to go, but really... You got to be prepared for those two critiques, and you got to know on on release day in that opening weekend, you know, you could have maybe doubled your profits if you made it longer and shorter. And I was just thinking, you know, if I was going to add a third critique, since we're on the topic of Patricia Arquette, right? They should have made Boyhood more like Medium. Ah, that's true. Medium, you know, there's just there's never been a great TV show just about a about a psychic mom. Yes. Just dealing with a bunch of shit. Psychic moms are so underrepresented. When you when you think of, you know, like uh, white psychic women in television, who who do you think of? You have medium and maybe that's it. Maybe a supernatural, but uh I I just think it's it's garbage and it's unfair. Maybe Hay- maybe Hayden Panettiere and Heroes. I don't know. I don't remember what her superpower was. You know why? Because Heroes wasn't memorable. You know why? Because it wasn't Boyhood. Exactly. Be more like Boyhood, I would say, to other films, despite those two or three critiques that Boyhood had. Like, if if someone was going to ask me my top five favorite movies, it would be Boyhood, Mm -hmm. Boyhood, Medium, Boyhood, and then Boyhood, and Top Five. And then then Top Five. Chris Rock's Top Five. And then then my, my number six would just be an audio clip of Drake going top five, top five. And it's like, are you looking at my list is what I want to know because I ha- right here I have boyhood, medium boyhood, no. top five, Drake clip. 
wow. And it's so similar, and it's uh, maybe just reordered a bit. But. You know, I think that's really why we get along doing these these shows right. for everyone, because we really just, we see eye to eye on things that, you exactly. know, just the sheeple, exactly. or the regular oh, ass goodness. pilgrim don't even, folk. Don't even get me started. Just with don't these. get, you know, if you ask them their favorite movies, they'd be like, oh, Citizen Kane, Scarface, right. Right. you know, with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And it's just like, you know those are too short to be really garnering anything of, of impact from, and I, I just, I defy you to find anything in even Apocalypse Now, the Redux, with three and a half hours, it's just, it's, it's 700,000 hours too short, if you ask me. And that's what really gets me, is just that people can tolerate going to a movie theater and only sitting there for two hours, right. two and a half hours tops. Exactly. You know? Before you have to piss out that 48-ounce icy. Exactly. And I understand there are human limitations, but, uh, I mean, the DVR, you can pause and, and take your shit or... You know, uh, chat with Patricia Arquette. Yeah. You, you know how many times I talk to my DDVR? I have had some fantastic conversations with an episode of Law & Order. Yeah. They really, they make you a character in that show, and I, and I appreciate that. I appreciate being wanted. I know. I really, there's never a way in which I've been wanted more than to be a victim on Law & Order SVU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and how, how was that when you finally got to live that out? Um, see, it was weird because, for those who don't know, I had a cameo on season six, episode 28. Dreams become a reality. Of Law and & Order. And I didn't, I didn't want to be... You didn't know. You didn't know you were in it. Because they, they cast me and they said, all right, listen, Matt, we love your headshot. Right. We love how you have no previous acting experience. Yeah, and the body shot you attached under the headshot. The body shot was good. They said, we need, we need a hairy, very average male body. Right. And they, and, but then when they didn't tell me, mm -hmm. I was being cast in the role of priest rape victim slash burn victim. Exactly. You know, I didn't, I didn't really have any idea what I was in for. You take a quick nap on, on the couch in the green room and you wake up and, and you're, uh, you know, half burned. You look in the mirror and you say, what? What happened? I just took a quick snooze, but makeup department has been in there. I open my eyes and I'm in full burn get up. And they're yelling action. I'm, I'm getting wrapped in gauze. You don't know your lines. I didn't know any lines. They just said, all right, we're going to light you on fire. Right. Then we're going to have this German attack dog right. come get you. And it and was. Also, you're going to get raped by a priest beforehand because this is SVU. we got to exactly. mix and match. You it's know what I'm saying? It's got to be real, too. And the, and the, the decision to use uh, real rape footage was was uh, remarkable for its time, you know. I, but I, I got to tell you, you know, it really came out, you came out with a strong performance, and I think you deserve that Emmy. I mean, that's, that's really why I still have my allegiance to Law & Order SVU. Right. Because regardless of the fact that they may have duped me, you know, they may have pulled one over my head, but they really paid homage to the reality of the grittiness Right. Of life. This is the real world. And I, I want to ask you, you're a Law & Order fan. Do you think uh, the Law & Order SOU short-lived series, was that going too far to have a Special Olympics unit where, you know, there's, you know, handicapped kids trying to solve these very serious sexual crimes? I, I felt, you know, maybe I sat on the side of America and saying, this is too soon or this is too much for my eyes. See, this is where I think they went wrong with the Special Olympics unit, mm -hmm. is that would have been perfect 
for a one-episode spinoff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you have you a really bad guy come, invades the Special Olympics, mm-hmm. you know, pops a few tires on a wheelchair. Right. And then, you know, puts a couple speed bumps where no one saw speed bumps, you know. Right. That could have been a real... And Ice-T grabs that perp. Yeah, he could have been a real bastardly guy. Exactly. But then, insta- but then instead, they tried to turn Special Olympics series, unit into a whole into its own show. It's too much, and I, I'm glad you agree because I just thought, you know, when they do that Law and Order SVU and it's the deep voice guy doing the intro, and then they cro- they do the record scratch and cross out the V and put O, and you say, "What is this?" Like, it was great that first time. You say, "This Absolutely. is fresh." Special Olympics. I said, "Oh no, that's one of the most that's one of the most untouchable." Mm-hmm. Untouchable events. You 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 can't desecrate the Special Olympics, exactly. and that's why it works so well as a one it. episode. And then as soon as episode two starts, you say, "Oh, I see why this. You know, I see why this is too much." You go, "Okay, okay, I've seen The Ringer." Right. You go, I've seen movies like right. this. They're just recycling the old Johnny Knoxville stuff at this point. Exactly. And it's just, it's it's pretty played out. And I think the fourth episode actually was just The Ringer, but like a super, a super cut reel of Johnny Knoxville's lewdest bits. Yeah, it was. It was, um, it was pretty... Uh, Appalling, if was, I could say, because you know, the there's top. only so many Olympic sports. You know, there's the top. there's there's um, dancing, dancing, fielding, right, practicing, Greco-Roman wrestling, yeah, hurl ball, other dancing, um, the hot dog eating contest. Yes, thank God they added that one. I know that's like that's part of the reason I really watch it. Like, have you seen Kobayashi eat all those dogs? Mm, oh He's a crazy goodness. man, man. Oh my the way he eats those dogs. Where does he put them? It makes me think he doesn't have a stomach. It's, it makes it's me think fine. he's got a tube going straight to the ass <laughs> and just blasting them out because there's no way a human body can di- digest that many dogs that fast. Too many dogs. I guarantee you that's too many dogs. If you put 10 scientists in a room, make them watch that footage, 9 out of 10 scientists would agree, too many dogs. Exactly. If, if you had Future and, and Lil Uzi on the track and they were singing about that, they go, that's too much dogs. Too much dogs. That's why I'm confused by the Olympics because they have so many just, they have so many sports that you almost wouldn't even call a sport. Right. You know? Right. Hurdling. Yeah. Turtling. Other dancing specifically, if we jump back to that one, I don't even know why that should be a category when dancing was already there. Yeah, they have dancing, they have other dancing, they have they have interpretive dancing. Right. Which I don't even know what that means because it's up to interpretation, so how do you then judge that? Exactly. You say my interpretation of your interpretive dance was that it was seven points. What, is, what does that even mean? The whole concept of the Olympics to me just really just, it, I struggle to get my head around it. It's clown. Because you go, look at all these people, they're trying to compete in a sport and they don't even speak the same language. Right, that's the thing is, what kind of communication are you going to get out there when you are the one guy from your country, they pack you up in a bag and they send you to Rio. I assume they travel in bags now. Yeah. And then you, you kind of get unzipped from the bag and you roll out and it's time for you to swim 800 meters. You don't, no one here is speaking your language. No one looks like you. It's, it's really absurd what they do to these people. You know, they just, they kidnap Usain, fly him on, on, on a plane, and they wake him in up out bag. of his bag, they throw him a, a line of coke, smack him on the ass, right. and go run. It's time to run. They go, we gotta run. And I have, I have this new plan for the Olympics that I think would make it much more palatable and, and better for the players and the watchers. And I say, 
we take maybe the best Olympic sports we do, maybe uh, baseball, we could do Olympic basketball, we could do, maybe they have hockey in there, I'm not sure. And then instead wiffle ball. of, wiffle ball, definitely, instead of having these 13, 20 people who don't really know each other or speak the same language, we just do, okay, you're all a team from America, and maybe you play another team from America, so everyone understands. And then we do 18 games a season or something, and and then you can really get the the basketball rolling if you catch my drift. Exactly. And there's another thing I heard a while back that I just thought was a much better idea than the Olympics as well, which is the Redneck Olympics, mm-hmm. you know, where they have... They have the dip spitting competition. Dipping is huge. They're very underrepresented. They the have truck stuff. Mm-hmm. Who likes trucks more is, is one of the... It's really hard. They, got the, they have the who can hang the Confederate flag up the fastest. And the highest is, is another competition. Yeah. They have the, the don't tread on me competition. Yeah. Who can not tread on the other person the longest. Exactly. That's a really fun one to watch because you're just watching them dance you're, back and forth. You're waiting You're like, oh, so someone's going to tread on someone. Someone's getting tread. On. And it's really fascinating. You know, they have the the racist slur con- competition. Yeah. Who's those got can the go more racist hours. slurs? Those will go on for hours. Those really blow my mind with just the vocabulary. You know, it's like it's right up there next to like someone memorizing the digits of pi. When you when you see these people like an hour four and they have not run out of ethnic slurs, and you know, you can just tell these guys have been training their whole life for this moment. These guys have been picking up, you know, slurs from every part of the world. And, and they are waiting for this moment to spout this, and it's just beautiful to watch. It really is. Like, that's why I feel like, I feel like the Redneck Olympics should just get much more attention than they currently get just because it's the innovation. It's the innovation, mm-hmm. you, you know? No one, no one else besides Rednecks knows how to blast a deer. It's true. Better than, than Rednecks. Absolutely. You know? I think I think the greatest addition to that Redneck Olympics. I don't know if you saw it this last this last summer, but the the John Deere deer hunting, where where you have the riding mowers, and then you have you know a field of deer in a small arena that had just been packed in there. Absolutely. And you're just watching these dudes just plow into them, mow over them, and, and getting points for it. It's it's really a beautiful spectator sport. And you know I'm really glad that they I'm glad they altered that one for the Olympics because you know if you were just on a John Deere. In the wild, trying to run yeah, over a deer. Luck. Good luck. You 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 don't think that deer is gonna hear your John Deere right, exactly. coming out? But see, then unless you cover yourself in piss, maybe. You, that's very true. Deer just love the smell of piss. It, it almost makes them forget that there's a John Deere right it there. It doesn't even have to be deer piss. It could just be your own piss. If you if you know have a good night of drinking natty lights, uh, and then you wake up for hunting and you look down, you're covered in your own piss. Congratulations, you got a better day. You're ready hunting. for deer hunting. Exactly. That's really why people people drink beer when they go hunting. So right. so if they piss themselves at night, they're just already prepped for that early morning. You're doing deer better hunt. off. You don't. All the other guys are waking up. They have to piss on themselves as part of their itinerary. You know, You've already done it. They might not be. You know, they might not be thirsty. They might not have any piss stored exactly. up. Exactly. You know, but it really is just ingenious to lock all the deer. In an MMA cage, right. and then put two rednecks on a lawnmower and say, "Who can Whoever gets more Who can run these deer over faster?" Yeah, mulch. They they also call it mulching. Yeah, it's mulching it's some deer. To watch. And it really gives back to the community with these deer populations getting out of control. I know, right? The the amount of the amount of deers getting slammed into fiats lately is right. just unreal. It encourages viewers to say, you know, I'm sitting here on the couch with a bag of potato chips. Maybe I'll get off my ass and start mowing some deer over like these guys are. Yeah, I think 
you know, I think they tried to government mandate it at one point and say, look, everyone needs to hit a deer right. once a month or you're mm-hmm. going to jail. But some people just are not that good at hitting deer. You know I, I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've been in the car, uh, you know, with my grandma and she she can't see very well. Normally, you think that would maybe incline you for more action. Make her better at hitting deer. She's just swerving, perfect, perfectly veering out of the way of, of deer every time. And I'll see it, you know, uh, going deep into the woods. I'll see, you know, three or four deer that she just nearly misses. Maybe the last time she smashed grandma. Kia. What are you doing, Grandma? Exactly. And say, Grandma, you could, instead of taking the life of these four, you know, v- this Vietnamese family that you just killed in this Kia Sedona, you could have hit the last three deer we would have had to stop. And you could have better man- you could have bettered mankind right. as a whole right. by making their less deers. And, you know, my racist grandma, of course, is saying, well, I did better mankind, maybe, in, in a lens of there's less Vietnamese people in the world. You and, go, grandma. You know, I don't really like to take sides on that, but... Yeah, I I would say your grandma's a little behind the times, you know. There's a lot of good things about Vietnamese. Um, Much better deer murderers than us. The Vietnamese are. That's why there's no more deer in Vietnam. <laughs> they got rid of all of them. They completely wiped out. We, we're dealing with this deer infestation, and they say, well... You know, we kind of fixed that problem centuries ago. Yeah, and so that's one thing I really admire about Vietnamese culture. You know, it's all about perspective. Yeah. Seeing the, the benefits, you know, that each culture brings to deer slaughter. Yeah, like for instance, um, what, what would you say that, what would you say that Yugoslavian culture brings? Oh, the Slavs, I mean, where to begin? Uh, besides, besides being the the best redneck Olympic dip spitters, uh, you know, knocking, knocking uh, Arkansas and Alabama off the off the gold and silver Which platform. is pretty damn hard to do. You know, I, I say that's impressive enough on its own, but, I mean, the Slavs are just, uh, as far as most vowels in their names, they definitely take the cake on that. Yeah, as far as most countries just assimilated into one country right. because of a bunch of bullshit that happened. Exactly. They're pretty good at that. You know, they're pretty good at being one of those countries that's like you're not really sure where it's at. Hardest to point out on a map. They're they're in the top five or top ten with that. Yeah, and I, I really think that's that's just something that it goes really underappreciated yeah. with, with a lot of exactly. folks. Especially these Americans nowadays just getting so used to America. Absolutely. And just going to your Trump rallies and then going Yes, USA. Right. USA. And you know, these guys, they couldn't even point out the USA on a map, some of them. I you know. know. They're having a hard time. They can name all the 36 uh, provinces in the Middle East, but when you show them, you know, where's the big red, white, and blue, these guys don't even know. Yeah, they, they, uh, they can be so good at truck stuff. Right. And be so bad at map stuff. Exactly. How do you, they're so closely related, you need a map to get anywhere in your truck. Yeah, you, you, you can't just drive blind in a truck. Right, exactly. Although you can in the blind uh, truck portion of the Redneck Olympics, but normally yeah. you shouldn't. Well, yeah, well, the only reason that they do the blindfolded truck stuff is because they make you shotgun four beers right. before you go blindfolded trucking, and then they go, all right, who can drive their truck and make the biggest, the biggest truck, the biggest truck treads? Right, of course, and, and, and you know you couldn't, make as big a treads without chugging those four beers and putting the blindfold on. Because you really got to have no idea what's going on. You can't, you can't have these inhibitions that come with, you know, having a normal set of eyes and not being a little bit buzzed. Your, your treads are going to be weak. 
Exactly. So, I, you know, I think, I think if there was one thing I could do with America, it would be to make all of America the South. Right. And just make, make it a whole, a whole country of the South. Like, I would copy-paste. It's beautiful, I just copy-paste Alabama. Put all those red states and then just flip it over up on the top. Exactly. I, it's like a glorious those. idea, and I, and I uh, I don't mean to bring this up or to or to take uh, the wind out of your sails, but I believe it was um, the late Bo Beatty who said the South will rise again, and I think that may have been his plan it or was, his final solution. It was, will. and you know I, I regret it because I should have taken Bo for his word right. at the time. But I just I hadn't done enough research exactly, and you to know, really understand. You know, Bo wakes up to those statistics, and he's always got his nose in the books, and he's saying, you know, how can I make the South rise? What what can I point out that will alert these sheeple? You know, because because Bo really has tried everything. He's tried alarm clocks. You know, right. maybe if I use an alarm clock, the South will rise again. Right. right. Like earlier. But, you know, he's roosters, tried... Roosters, putting the roosters all throughout the South and just saying, you uh-huh. know, wake up, rise. Yeah. He's, he's stood at the front of a church and gone, all rise. Yep, exactly. For the, in the name of the Holy Lord. For the benediction. That hasn't worked. The South hasn't really risen again. You really, I mean... You he's tried, like, give... knocking their chairs out from under him. You, you have to either get up or fall down at that point. And Bo's saying, you know, at this point, I don't even care. I'm out of options. If you, if you don't want to rise, then you're just going to be laying on the ground in your chair. And no, it's, it's radical, but it's, it's what needs to be done. It's like that classic song, the get up, stand up. Stand up for being white, I think. Yeah, stand up for being white. Right. And That's, it makes sense. And I, maybe Bo Beatty had something to do with the ghostwriting for, for Bobby Marley. Yeah. You know, speaking of ghostwriting, one of my favorite films, mm. I, I know that we already Is touched. it cage time? Is it already cage time? <laughs> <laughs> it's cage time. That sound can only mean one thing, and I think it's, I think it's cage time again. All right, folks. Time for your daily 12 minutes of cage. Ghost of the cage. So the most fascinating thing about Ghost Rider, I would say, is one, do motorcycles really go that fast? Right, right, absolutely. And and maybe maybe it's crass to bring up uh, poking holes in the plot or the ideas behind Ghost Rider during the cage the cage time. But I would say, how how does a, a flaming skeleton ghost man get on that bike without overheating it or just melting right through it? Honestly, exactly. But, but I think what you're supposed to surmise, I think they want to leave that to you and they want you to really think about it and realize, you know. Nick Cage, he's the he's the wicker man. He's gone in 60 seconds. This guy can do anything. If he wants to be a skeleton motorcycle boy, he'll find a way. And I maybe I shouldn't be thinking about these things. And you I, know, and you know, you really should because the whole time I was watching it, the thing that was just infuriating me was how is this man's head on fire the entire time right. and he doesn't even once say ow exactly ow there's, my what, head's on fire there's no reaction and i think that's a credit to uh, nick's uh, method acting for real is to say you know put uh, douse me with a little gasoline and, and light me up for this take and i'm just going to play it as it is cuz i'm the ghost rider right now cuz he doesn't know Nick Cage has never ever known that he's Nick Cage when he gets in his roles. He is he is completely unaware. The ghost Rider. He's completely the Wicker Man. You know, he's a national treasure. Absolutely. He's he's Absolutely. here. He's here to find things you you, you just can't find. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he even has to be a national treasure too. Exactly. When one isn't enough. 
that's just what's so beautiful about Nick Cage is his his willingness to just to just do what needs to be done. Cage time. New cage. The cage is now being closed up, and we're putting Nick back in there for his next film. All right. It's something I wish Steve Jobs would have thought about ahead of time right. when he made the internet. Maybe bulletproof internet it would have been something, Steve. You can only imagine what Steve would be thinking up right now. That turtleneck motherfucker. If he were still alive, you right. know. Bulletproof internet, that could have been his next plan. And now we got fucking Wozniak and Tim Cook just dicking around. You know. An Apple Watch, baby. Exactly, you know. That, that, that's why Young Thug made the song Fuck Cancer. Mm-hmm. Because he saw the potential. I think he watched that Steve Jobs movie. Exactly. And he just said, you know what? I could have done so much better. Yeah. You know, I could have, I could have allowed for Steve Jobs... To, to not have all these all these holes in these internets. Right. And you can't, you gotta just, you gotta tell them as best you can, you know, it's not your fault. You can say fuck cancer all you want, but, but there's nothing you really could have done. Steve's body was eating itself from the inside. And there's nothing you can do to blast that away. You really can't. You really can't. You know, no, no matter how many juice cleanses, kale shakes, right. kombuchas, yeah. you know, you can't blast out an a infestation from the inside. And Steve was the kombucha king, you know. There's no, there's no lack of trying on his part. He was, he was chugging kombucha across the country. Exactly, you know. That's why I had to take his moniker on for him. I had to become the kombucha king, the kombucha king because, you know, Steve, he sent me a letter the week he died. Mm-hmm. And he said, somebody needs to take this title. He said, look, I can't even drink this kombucha anymore. Right. He said, How I've can got I be the king if I can't even get it down my gullet? Yeah, and it was, like, it was really hard for me to read because right. I just, I saw... You shot a couple computers when you read it. I did. I tried to get rid of that email, and then I realized that it was a letter. I realized he just sent me a letter. Oh, okay. And so I was like, oh, I just shot my MacBook for no just reason. Just a waste. But luckily, Steve had me on the hookup for the new MacBook. Oh, beautiful. But, you know, it's, that doesn't get rid of the pain I had from reading Absolutely. about Steve having to pass me the Kombucha King title and on. And it's bittersweet because you like to be the Kombucha King, of course. Oh, I mean, of course. But now... Now, fuck Steve. Uh, what I'm wondering, yeah, of course, fuck, fuck Steve. Uh, fuck Steve Harvey as well. But what I'm wondering is, are you the interim kombucha king, or is this your title now? And if if you're interim, are you, uh, you know, workshopping some new kombucha kings? Who's next in line, I guess, in the royalty? Well, okay, so I was the interim kombucha king, uh-huh. but then I went to the kombucha Olympics, right? And and I. Blew the competition out of the water. Oh, you could say I come blue. Kombucha. <laughs> I kombuchaed the competition out of the water. Right. And so then they go, all right, you're the undisputed kombucha king. So, you've, so you've you've held your title. You, it's it's uh, it's been contested and, and won. Yeah. So then, but then when you get bestowed this title, they ask you, all right, who's next in line yeah. to be the kombucha king? And I had to think long and long and hard mm-hmm. about who it would be. Right, Justin and Long, Mike Hard, those are two yeah. options. You got to think long, you got to think hard, and then uh, you know possible other candidates. Yeah, I thought I actually thought a long time about giving it to Mike Hard because right. that lemonade that he came up with is like so good. It, it's 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 difficult to to think of him being 
you know, the, the hard lemonade king and, and also the kombucha king. So I'm sure you took that into account. But It's pretty difficult. It was a difficult choice, but I decided in the end that I should just give it to Zac Efron. Oh, good. Because I was just really happy. I'm really happy with the turnaround he's made, just Absolutely. of how muscular he's gotten right. compared to how non-muscular he was. Mm-hmm. You know, he really just reminds all of the non-alphas out there that you can be alpha. You can be big. You can go if you from, just act hard enough. From basketball boy musical to you know needing a wedding date with with uh, the guy from Workaholics. You know exactly. Anything is possible. Right. You know, you you can be slamming Vanessa Hudgens in the back of your mom's minivan. Right. And then... Slam two, Aubrey uh, Plaza in the back of your mom's second minivan. Exactly. After the first one was sold for being slammed too hard. In. Exactly. Years later, right. too. Years later. So that's just what's beautiful about Zac Efron. So I decided to give him... The Kombucha King. That's nice. And when does that come into effect? Because I know you're still Kombucha King. That's once I die. Oh, okay. So I, I haven't so told him yet. Wait. I haven't told him yet because I'm worried that if he hears, then he'll just he'll just off me right then, then and there just so he gets the Kombucha King title. Right. But I'm really not trying to lose. You don't want that blood battle. Exactly, because right now. enjoy the throne. Right now, I have an unlimited lifetime supply of GTs. Mmm kombucha well, and this isn't just a regular kind this is the 21 plus kind that you get carded for i've always wondered how many of those does it take to really get a good buzz going i've i've tried let me tell you i've tried i'm sure you have kombucha king and i found the minimum you have to ingest to start to feel a good buzz is yeah. 46 kombuchas oh my God. and no one's got that kind of i mean maybe for the kombucha king you have you have the ability to to try this. Oh, but trust that's me. That's going to run someone up a meme. Oh, bit. trust me. I had too many kombuchas the other day, and I, I ran into a 7-Eleven. I thought it was my bank. <laughs> oh, God. And you know you get that fifth-thirds and 7-Eleven mixed up and all those fractions. It's, it's <laughs> a mistake people have made constantly, and maybe with less kombuchas in them. It's almost like they didn't even think about that ahead of time when they were naming right. their right. company. Too similar to a bank, really. It's really just pretty absurd to me that they can even have both of those names Absolutely. without having to copyright them. And anyway, we're back in time. This has been your edition of Gumbo. I think the boys that. are on island time. We crushed it. We Episode gotta, three. We gotta get back to uh, you know putting putting trash on this island, I guess. Yeah, we'll start trying to bring more of these out to you. But uh, until then, um, we're about to go look through some trash. Make sure it's all only trash. So. Hey, fuck you! I'm not a murderer. And I will-